great to have my wife here for the first time. So uh, she always gives me great feedback. <laughs> so it's good to get some honest feedback sometimes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So um, who's ready to uh, receive something from God tonight? Ready to hear God's word and to uh, anticipate. So I, I want to encourage you not to just uh, sit back passively and say, uh, this, they said this guy's good. Let's see. <laughs> but uh, why don't you just sit forward for a sec? Unfold the arms. Just sit forward and say, you know what? I want God to speak to me tonight. I'm going to receive something tonight. My life's going to change tonight because I'm going to walk out of this place different than the way I was when I came in. And uh, that can happen tonight for you in this place. So tonight I'm sharing a, a series. Uh, sharing a, a message which is part of a series which I'm sure you guys have been doing here as well in your campus called Blueprint uh, on our inheritance and so uh, I want to tell you my uh, I guess my uh, my um, summary if you like uh, of the message and I'll unwrap this as we go is that who you are or your identity and what we do our inheritance as a believer is not so much, sorry, what did I say? Who we are and what we have, our inheritance as a believer, is prim primarily not about what we do, but about where we are. It's not about what we do, but where we are. That's what I want to talk about here tonight. Because what you do is, it's temporary and it's contextual. Your vocation if you like it's a conduit for God's blessing in your world so I'm a lawyer I'm a business person I'm a mother I'm a teacher I'm a builder these are roles they're functions they're responsibilities if you like opportunities but we should never allow them to define us or to limit us we are not what we do Work's important. Work's important, right? <laughs> Work is very, very important. And uh, what we do is important. It is a part of who we are. It, is a, it partly defines us, but it should not completely define us. You know, before the fall, before sin entered the world, if you know the story in the, in the Bible, Adam and Eve were, were positioned first and they were given a profession second. They were in a place and then they were given a profession. The profession followed the position. In Genesis chapter 2, 7 to 8, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there or you can have a look up here on the screen. Genesis 2, 7 to 8 says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And listen to this. And there he put the man that he formed. He positioned Adam in a place when he was born. The garden, the garden of Eden. The garden represents a place of communion with God. He put him in that place. It's a, it defines intimacy. And it was a place of blessing and it was a place of favour. In Genesis 1.28, it 
the message translation, it says this, he created the male and female and God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. That is the place that God positioned us in our original form, in Adam and Eve. He put us in a place of intimacy with God, communion with God, a place where we can prosper, where we can reproduce, not just um, other human beings, but to reproduce after ourselves, people like us, with vision, with hope, with destiny, impart that, reproduce that, fill the earth and take charge. God positioned Adam and Eve to thrive in life right from the start. That's what God desired for them. That's what God desires for you and for I. Right there, to prosper, as Nat was sharing so eloquently in that message. God's desire is that you would be blessed, that you would prosper, not just financially, but in every area of your life. That you'd prosper in your emotions, you'd prosper in your intellect, you'd prosper in your friendships, you'd prosper in your vocation or your profession, you'd prosper in your marriage. You would prosper in every area of your life. That is God's purpose for your life. And he positioned Adam in that place right from the start. A blessing. He inherited a blessing. He didn't earn it. Adam didn't. Work first and they get put in the garden. He got put in the garden first. God said, here it is, right there. You don't have to earn it. You didn't work for it. You don't deserve it. Bam, you're in. <laughs> Bam. He inherited a blessing. Genesis 2.15 says this, God took the man and set him down in the garden, listen to this, to work the ground and keep it in order. So he positioned him first. Then he gave him a, prof a profession. He gave him a vocation. Work is important. Doing something is important. It's part of who we are. But we must be positioned first if we get truly going to see the prosperity that God desires for our life. And so right there we see he put him in a place and he gave him work to work the ground and keep it in order. There is the, is the first um, sign of enterprise in the Bible, the first sign, enterprise, entrepreneurialism, creativity. We see, uh, and he says, and keep it in order. There we see the establishment of government right from the start. Adam and Eve, bam, there it is. I'm giving you something to do. I'm putting you in a place of blessing, putting you in a place of prosperity, and now I want you to take charge. I want you to prosper. I want you to form um, community. I want you to form government. I want you to be entrepreneurial. I want you to be creative. I want you to do something. I've given you everything you need. I've put you in a place to prosper. Now go out and make it happen. Happen. Then Adam and Eve, and we won't go into all the details because we haven't got time, but, but they, they sinned, they turned from God and, and they, they fell from that elevated place, from where they'd originally been established. They, were, they fell out and they, were, they had to leave the garden. But isn't it interesting um, that the first thing they tried to do to solve their problem of their displacement from God was to work. 
So the devil's trick, if you like, his, his uh, MO, his method of operation, is to upturn God's original design, to say, no, you're about your job, you're about your vocation, you're about work harder. Work harder and everything will work out for you. And working hard is important. But it says in Genesis 3.17, immediately the two of them did see what... uh, This is after they ate the fruit, Genesis 3.17. Immediately the two of them did see what's really going on, saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. So... Instead of immediately going back to God, feeling this disconnection, feeling this separation, thinking, wow, something's gone on here, God's not close. Instead of going back to God, what did they do? They decided to get into the fashion industry. <laughs> they, thought they, started, they thought, hey, we'll start a clothing label. That'll solve our problem. We'll, we'll, we'll be industrial. See, everything that God had given them, all that entrepreneurialism, that creativity, that, that industry was still there, but they were no longer connected with God. And so they thought, hey, if we just work harder, that blessing will come. And yes, you can prosper financially by simply working harder, but prosperity is not just about having more money. Many people that you see on the media or in the news can billionaires, billionaires in, in regards to money, and yet their families are an absolute train wreck. You've only got to look at the Reinhardts and everything that goes on in the courts and in the media with you know, the, the richest and most powerful woman in Australia, one of the richest women in the world, and yet look what's going on in their family. So they just decided to, to work harder, but they'd lost their place. They'd lost their position. I don't know if anyone's read the book Animal Farm, but um, it's by a guy called George Orwell. You study at school. But there's a character in that book by the name of uh, Boxer. He was the um, one that, uh, he was a cart carrier. He was a horse. But uh, his whole mantra in regards to everything that he saw going on, and he saw a lot of things, he didn't agree with a lot of things, but his whole mantra was, I'm just going to work harder. By working harder, it's going to solve the problem. I'm going to put the blinkers on and I'm just going to go full steam ahead. And you know what? A lot of people do that. They've got issues. They've got things going on in their world. They see things, but they don't want to deal with them. And they think, I'm just going to work harder and that's going to solve my problem. And it doesn't solve the problem. Genesis 3.9, it says, but, God, but the Lord God called the man, where are you? After they'd fallen, where are you? See, he didn't say, what have you done first? First he said, where are you? Then later he says, what have you done? Because it's not so much about what we're doing, but about where we are first and foremost in our connection, our relationship and our positioning with God and what he has established for us. Blessing comes out of positioning, not out of profession. Get yourself in the place of God and where God wants you to be and prosperity and blessing will flow out of that. Where are you in relation to God is far more important than what you're doing right now. So where are you with God? 
And not just, oh, well, I'm Christian, I'm saved. But in regards to what it talks about there in Genesis, about prosperity, about blessing, about God's favor and his divine purpose for your life, to take charge, to prosper, to, to go out and do something. Where are you in relation to that call and that mandate? Where are you? Is that you? Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't prosper. I couldn't be blessed. No, I've read all this stuff that prosperity is not of God and that, you know, you shouldn't have any of these good things and God wants to deal with me and make me suffer so that I become more pure and all this stuff that gets thrown out there and yet what it says in the, God's original design for mankind is you will prosper. You will be blessed You'll, you'll find favor and go out and take charge in your life and in your circumstances. So where are you tonight? Do you believe that God's purpose for you is to prosper? Not just financially, but that's an important part of it. But relationally, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, where are you? Because we see that when they fell from that place with God, they began to experience things that they never experienced before, and yet we are familiar with them. The first thing that they experienced was shame. Genesis 2.25, Adam and his wife were both naked, this is before the fall, and they felt no shame. Not anymore. Shame was the first thing they experienced because they realized they were naked. They realized that something had taken place. They were away from God. And so they tried to cover themselves. They tried to cover the shame. Why? How? By working harder. I'm just going to get busier. I'm going to get busier. I'm going to get busier. I'm going to do something. I'm going to cover this feeling that I have on the inside. I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of things that have happened to me in the past. I'm ashamed of, of the circumstances in which I live. I'm, I'm ashamed of my ethnicity. I'm ashamed of my upbringing. I'm, a, I'm ashamed of my poverty. Whatever it is. Shame. Shame is not of God. Shame came out of the fall and the disconnection from that relationship that God originally designed for us. Genesis 3.10, the second thing they experienced was fear. Genesis 3.10, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. They'd never felt fear before, but now they're afraid. When we're living in fear... We're living outside of God's purpose and blessing for our life. Fear is the fruit of the fall. I'm not talking about the fear of standing on the cliff, you know, a thousand foot and being afraid of falling. You know, that's fatalism. Where, oh, it doesn't matter if I die, it's meant to be. I'm talking about fear of the future. Fear of God. Fear that my life's not going to work out. Fear that something bad's going to happen. All of these things, they're not from God and you do not have to live with them any longer. Any longer. If you will position yourself in the place that God's called you to be. Third thing that happened was a breakdown in relationships. 3.10, Genesis 3.10. Adam says, I heard you in the garden and uh, I was afraid. Sorry, and then he says... Um, uh, God begins to say, where are you? Or what's happened? And, and what have you done? And, uh, and Adam goes, uh, Eve made me do it. So he began to blame, shift the blame. It's not my fault, somebody else. I'm not going to take responsibility for it. So they began to fight. They began to 
the whole breakdown of relationships began because they were now not in the position and the place that God had originally called them. Sin had separated them from their place in God and their purpose in life. And everything else that we read about in the Bible over time that, that, that happens, the stories and, and the outworking of the lives and the relationships and the families and the genealogies that you read about, things like inferiority, regret, disappointment, anger, bitterness, resentment, then murder, incest and adultery, which are all there in the Bible. Can you believe it? All of those things were the fruit of that original decision to say, I'm not going to go God's way, I'm going to go my way. That's, that's the whole crux of what happened in the garden. It wasn't about the fruit. What the fruit represented was autonomy. It was saying to God, you're not going to tell me what to do. You can't tell me I can't do this and I can't do that. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to eat this in spite of what you say to prove to you that I am independent. I'm autonomous and I'm the captain of my soul and I'll do what I want. And so they just ate the fruit, knowing exactly what God had said. And the result was catastrophe for them and for their progeny from then on. You and I were in that garden and we ate that fruit when Adam ate the fruit. And the fruit of the fruit is evident in our lives today. <coughs> That's why Jesus came. Jesus came. To reverse that curse, he came to a, so that we could be repositioned back into the place of blessing and favor, prosperity, and truly taking charge of our lives, our circumstances, and our destiny through the power of God. That is why he came. In a garden, man fell. In another garden, on another tree, hung the savior of the, of the world. And he said, if you'll eat the fruit of this second tree, it'll reverse the curse of the first tree. If you will take of, what, of my sacrifice, if you'll eat of this tree, the tree of life, then you will no longer have to live in shame. You'll no longer have to live in fear. You'll no longer have to live in disappointment. You'll no longer have to live with regret because all those things will be cleansed and washed away through the fruit of the second tree that is in Jesus Christ. For whoever will eat of that tree will live, Jesus said. Will live. Will live. The old will be gone. The new will have come. The old life will be dead and buried. And new life will flow out of the power of God when you eat the fruit of that second tree. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. That is, come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. I tell you, I'm excited. That's good news. Good news. Whoever will eat of that fruit of that second tree will receive redemption, restoration, renewal, and will be repositioned for blessing and favor and prosperity. And you know what? The devil hates it. He hates that message because he wants to keep you in that place, separated from God and away from all that God has and desires for your life. The original design. The original you know, the original is always better. <laughs> when they go to these paint uh, art galleries and, you know, if you've got an original Monet, 
as opposed to a print? <laughs> Who knows the original is worth a lot more than the print? And you know, oftentimes we could go back and take a hold of the original, but we're just living with a print because we think this is all I deserve. This is all that's available. I've got a print of what Jesus said I could have, but he didn't say I want you to have a print. He didn't say I want you to have a reproduction. He didn't say I want you to have a, a, a photocopy or an Instagram photo of my purpose for your life. I've got the original available for you. The original, the place of blessing and prosperity, restoration and renewal. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. That doesn't just mean going to heaven when you die. It's the everlasting life that was given to Adam and Eve right at the start that they rejected. They could have eaten of the fruit of life and lived forever, but they chose the other fruit because they'd been fooled into thinking that God was somehow withholding something from them by saying, I don't want you to go that path. I don't want you to make that decision. I don't want you to eat that fruit. And they were tricked and they were... They were tricked. <laughs> I couldn't think of another word there. <laughs> they were tricked. Do not. Do not allow the devil to trick you into thinking that you've got to continue to live with the shame that has come into your life through either yours or someone else's sin or wrongdoing. That you've got to live in fear of the future, of your job prospects, of your marriage prospects, of your having children prospects, of buying a house prospects, of getting ahead prospects, of prospering prospects. So we've got to position ourselves in the place of blessing. And what that means is every day we've got a decision to make. We get up, you can read the media, you can read the Bible, you can choose to believe, you can choose to doubt, but every day we have a choice to eat of two trees. Because you see, sometimes we still, we still live with fear. We live with shame, disappointment, regret, thinking, oh, if only, if only, if only I'd been a doctor, if only I'd been a lawyer, if only I'd studied more, if only I'd gone to business school, if only, if only, if only, should have been a butcher, should have been a baker, should have been a candlestick maker. <laughs> I should have done something else. I regret that. My life will never be the same. I'll never see the, the fulfillment of the potential that I had because of that mis mistake or that decision that I made right back then. That is a lie. That is a lie from the devil. Jesus Christ redeems and restores everything that takes place in our life. It's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, didn't, doesn't matter. Does not matter to God. God can bless you tying your shoelaces. If you're in a place and a position to receive from him entrepreneurialism, I'm going to start a shoe-tying business. 
Man, you can make money out of anything. There's people making money out of crazy things. It's got nothing to do with, oh, I didn't get that education. One thought, one idea, one concept that comes out of God, straight out of heaven, right into your cranium, can set you free and see the blessing of God pouring out over your life and into your future. Just get yourself in the right position, in the place of blessing. Oh, I'm working hard up here. Lucky I didn't go to the gym today. <laughs> so here's, here's, what I, here's what I want to tell you this morning, oh, this, this, tonight, right here tonight. I'm so pleased you came. And I hope you're pleased you came. Because God wants to tell you here tonight that you, if you make a decision to stop eating of the fruit of that first tree, stop eating of the fruit of fear, stop eating of the fruit of shame, Stop eating of the fruit of disappointment. Stop eating that fruit and say, I'm not going to eat that fruit any longer. I'm going to leave this tree and I'm going to go over to the tree that's on the other side that Jesus said has the fruit of life and I'm going to begin to eat of this tree. I'm going to begin to eat the fruit of life, of hope, of destiny, the fruit of new beginnings, the fruit of healing and life that comes through Jesus Christ. Every day when I get up, I'm going to make a decision when the temptation is there to be afraid, to be fearful. Oh, I just read in the paper, the job market. Oh, it's going to have the share market. Oh, I've got these shares. Oh, there's just all this stuff. Oh, I'm so worried. I'm so concerned. No! I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) You know when little kids... You got little ones had little kids and they eat something and they'll go. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. That's foul. That's filthy. Well, that's what I want you to do the next time you start having thoughts and ideas of fear, of failure, disappointment, regret about the past. I want you to go. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to digest that. I'm not going to own that. I'm going to own this. God has a future for me. God has a blessing for me. God has a life for me. God has everything I need in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give him a hand tonight. Come on, let's give him a shout. Jesus, yes, blessing, blessing, blessing. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, Lord. Bring it. You can sit down. (laughs) Insecurity. Insecure about my life, about my looks, about my anything that's going on in my world. It's it's of the devil. God made you beautiful. God made you whole. He's restoring everything in Jesus Christ. (coughs) You've got to reject that stuff. And you have to be a conduit to help other people reject that stuff. Not enable them and and not put them in a place where they are continually abusing themselves by digesting that stuff and saying, you know what, that's a lie. And helping them get into a place to go, you know what? God's got something else for you. You are beautiful. You have got a future. Okay, you might have missed out on some education, but that doesn't matter. You can be 
educated again. You can do a course. Yes, you can learn this thing. Yes, you, you are smart. Yes, you are intellectual. Your brain's as good as anybody else's. Yes, I have got skills. I have got abilities. I have got a future in God. I have. I have. I have in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. If I can have the uh, keyboardist, that'd be great. I'm going to finish right now. <coughs> Thank you, God. He's coming. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to make a decision tonight. I'm going to ask you to choose what God says and reject what you've thought anything that I've spoken about that is the fruit of that original choice and decision that Adam made that we made as his progeny in his loins the Bible says that has caused us to have to deal with these issues these thoughts these emotions that destroy us that limit us that hold us back from God's original design. You're going to make a choice tonight. No, I'm going to say no. No. No to drugs. <laughs> I'm going to say no to the lies. No, I'm not. <clears throat> going to accept that anymore. To be honest with ourselves, we didn't like the taste of it anyway, did we? We don't like the taste of it, but it's all we think we're either worthy of or all we think that's available. So we just continue to eat it. But I'm here to tell you tonight, <clears throat> you've got another choice. That's why Jesus came. There's two trees in the garden. And through Christ's sacrifice and resurrection, he made both trees available. Both trees are available. That's why tonight I want to encourage you to choose life. Choose hope. Choose faith. Choose blessing. Put yourself in that place through Jesus Christ, back into original place of blessing and favour, prosperity, goodness. And then take <clears throat> the profession, the career, the business, the job, whatever it is, and do it out of the place. And you watch that thing grow. because then you're not worried, afraid, insecure about everything that's going on, worried and afraid and insecure that, hey, that person's trying to take my job. <clears throat> that person's trying to position me out of my bonus. It's trying to take my credit for the work that I did. My boss is taking my credit. You don't need to worry about that. 
take it. I think that's all I've got. <clears throat> I've got God. An unlimited resource. Why don't we close our eyes here tonight as we finish? <clears throat> I just want to ask, first and foremost, if you're here tonight and you've never actually asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean just going to church and doing some religious things. What it means is accepting the sacrifice that Jesus made upon that cross. He paid a penalty for you. He died on that cross for you and for me, not for himself, because he was sinless and perfect. And to say, Jesus, thank you for what you did. Please come into my life. I no longer want to eat the fruit of that first tree and that first great mistake recorded in the Bible. And I want to take a hold of the fruit of that second tree for the very first time. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, to bring forgiveness and wholeness to your life, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, just put up your hand so I can see it. And I'm going to pray with you at the end of the service to ask Jesus Christ into, into your life that you might live through his death. Just put up your hand so I can see it. We're going to pray at the end of this service. Thank you. Who else is there? Say, yeah, that's me. Just put up your hand so I can see it. Put it up high. Who else is going to join this lady? Say, yeah, that's me. I need to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. You can put your hand down. Thank you very much. Who else is there? Say, yeah, I'm going to be brave and bold enough to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of having to deal with these things that are going on in my life. Tonight it stops. If that's you here tonight, you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, just put up your hand and say, tonight's the night. Jesus, I want your help. Jesus.